Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. When you step into your personal power and you realize that you can create change and you have agency in your financial life, it's not just following one person's path. It's understanding that you have a lot of options. And when you have a lot of options, there are more ways to win. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. What would it feel like to step into financial awesomeness? 
every one of us, we have this place where things just click, where you feel in control. Your money is moving you towards your goals, your relationships, your career, your mindset, all of the above are just in a really sweet spot. And maybe you're listening right now because you really want to get to this place that our guest Paco de Leon calls financial awesomeness. Look, it's true that there's a lot of things that are out of your control when it comes to money, government, interest rates, the cost of gas, you name it. But the good news is that there is a lot within your control. Listen to this. Paco says the quality of your thinking determines the quality of your decision making, aka your money mindset is radically as important as the money steps you take. Paco is amazing. She is the founder of the Hell Yeah Group and author of a book you need on your shelf called Finance for the People. Paco wants you to know that you have this unlimited potential to change. She calls it your personal power and wants you to embrace it. Because when you figure out how to be financially secure, you can use your money to not only create your financial freedom, but also to create the change in the world you want. Wealth then just becomes this megaphone for your values. This, my friend, is financial awesomeness. And in this episode, you'll learn how to get there. Well, Paco, I am so incredibly excited to have you join us on the podcast. The listeners are in for a serious treat. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I want to start off, if you'll indulge me a little bit, uh, reading some of the amazing words you wrote in your new book, Finance for the People. You say in your intro that you didn't write this book uh, because of your white hot passion for personal finance, which I love that. <laughs> but you, you, uh, why you're writing this, right, is that you want people to connect to what you call their personal power because you say this, I love this, once you come into it, it's like a bell that cannot be unrung. I think this is a great place to start our conversation. Tell me a little bit about this idea of personal power. Yeah. You know, we live in a world that is terribly outside of our control, right? If we could just, let's just get weird right from the beginning. I mean, when you really think about it, we're just sitting on this rock that's just floating through space and time <laughs> going around the sun. And there's a lot outside of our control and that can feel overwhelming. And when it comes to personal finances, when we look at what the market is doing, when we look at, you know, how celebrities are buying NFTs, there's <laughs> so much that we can't control that we feel like impacts our lives. And coming into your personal power is just taking a beat. It's taking a moment. It's taking a step back and realizing that even in the grand scheme of things, we do have agency, right? We have ways that we can direct our focus and direct our energy to control things within our lives. And that's really what I want people to understand is kind of how to balance that dichotomy and to, you know, really confront and not be afraid of that cognitive dissonance of there's so much outside of our control, but what's within my agency. I like that a lot. I, I talk about on this show that money touches all aspects of our lives. So we need to have those conversations. We need to talk about everything that's going on in our life and understand the interconnectedness, if that's a word, between everything that is going on kind of in our human existence, right? And so this idea of personal power, I love this, that you, it's almost like a permission slip to center yourself and, um, you know, to, to be a human, to have these moments of, of resetting, of taking pauses, because 
things can feel really overwhelming, especially the last couple of years around money. Tell, tell us a little bit about your journey. I would love to hear because you're, you're, you talk about this idea of personal power. Tell us a little bit about your journey of, of coming into your own personal power, specifically around money. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've always accepted the default and I always kind of did what needed to be done to fulfill what was expected of me. So I have immigrant parents who did the best they could with what they had, uh, but they didn't go through the college system here. They didn't have connections. And so all they knew was, you know, you got to go to college and then you'll be good, right? You just find a job and do a good job and you'll buy a house and everything will work out. And uh, my parents did, they did everything they could with what they had in terms of information. And it was get a job and go to school and, you know, work for somebody and it's all going to work out for you. And I went along with that. And, you know, I listened to my parents. I went to college. I studied something that seemed very practical, finance and economics. And I went and got a job and I quickly learned that I was a bad worker, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, (laughs) It makes perfect sense to me. (laughs) All the entrepreneurs that I talk to, they've either never had a real job. And by real job, I mean, they've never had an employer that wasn't themselves. Or when they got to a place of employment, you know, they did what I did, which was question a lot of things, try to change a lot of things. And so a lot of my money story and a lot of, you know, my narratives and my journey around money is centered around work, which is pretty obvious because that's where my source of revenue is coming from. Um, And so I thought I would just study economics. I would kind of like fall up, if that makes sense, and have a lot of money and buy a house and be okay. And what happened was I that didn't happen. I realized that I mean, I graduated into in 2008, right? Right when the housing market and the Great Recession was just starting to warm up. Tough year, and, tough year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we didn't feel a lot of those repercussions, you know, right away. Sometimes for certain industries, it, it took a couple of years. But what happened to me was I ended up making less money at every job since I graduated college. And I thought at first, I mean, of course, it has to do with what the economy was doing, but it had a lot to do with my own narratives about worth. It had a lot to do with me accepting the default. It had a lot to do with me not questioning, why don't I negotiate my salary? Why don't I ask for more? Why am I afraid to confront these things? Why am I afraid of a confrontation regarding money? And the more I worked as a financial planner and the more I saw that there were other smart, capable people who were making decisions with their finances that did not seem to be in line with their best, best interest, the more I realized, hey, you, you can't, it's not just about knowing, you know, how to calculate a, an interest rate or how much your student loan payment is going to be. There's a lot more to, you know, your decisions that involve the stories that you've told yourself and what you believe about yourself. Mm, I really love that a lot. One of my personal missions is to help as many people as I possibly can understand the idea of the impact that their money story has on not only where you're at now, but where you want to go. And for me, there's a very huge mindset component to that that isn't talked about enough in those, as you say, default money narratives. We we tend to just focus on the, the how-tos, how do I do this, how do I do that, the steps I need to take. But if we can take a step back and think about 
all of those default money messages that you're talking about and and what is kind of getting in our way of getting where we want to be, I think that's a really important conversation to have. And I know you're a big proponent of, of mindset as well. Tell us a little bit about how does how does mindset play into our overall just journey, our money journey, our wealth journey, whatever we want to call it. Yeah, mindset is really important because, you know, earlier when I was talking about agency, when I was talking about all these things outside of our control, like what the Fed is going to do, what the market <laughs> is doing, right? What's within our control is how we think about things. And the quality of our thinking, that's going to determine the quality of our decision making. It's going to determine whether or not we can spot our own biases, whether or not that's going to prevent us from taking a job or, you know, making a decision that's going to harm us in the long run. And so the the way that we think is is radically important when it comes to our finances because like I just said, you know, there's not a lot within our control and how you think, the quality, the clarity of your thinking is within your control. Mm, right. And I also know that when my mind is clouded, confused, stressed, anxiety, whatever word that might be, when I'm in that state of mind, I am not able to make clear, good, conscious money decisions. It's just a, a disconnect for me. And so I would imagine that that's the same for everyone else. But we we live in this like very fast-paced world where there is a lot of anxiety, stress around this elephant in the room money. And so uh, you know, it's it's trying to figure out like how do we balance that all and be able to make good decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And you're totally spot on. You know, people get trapped in anxieties, you know, a cycle, a bad cycle where they're anxious about their money and they're, you know, they never quiet their nervous system. And so they're always making these decisions, not really using cognition, right? They're just kind of shooting from the hip with some of these decisions. And then a bad decision generally results from, you know, not being rational about your thought process. And then that causes more anxiety and you get, you know, stuck in this trap and the same thing happens with stress. And I think that's why we can look at folks who, you know, they, they shouldn't be buying lottery tickets or they, they ought to not be taking out payday loans, right? They're, they're seemingly making these really bad decisions. But what we're not addressing is the fact that they're in a state of chronic stress. They're in a state of chronic anxiety. And that's playing a huge role in, in how they're navigating. One of the things you talk about in your book, you create this pyramid of financial awesomeness to to really show the readers how to create a roadmap, so to speak, of how to get a grip on their finances. And I, I wonder if we can walk through just a couple of these. I, obviously, I want someone to pick up the book and read all of these, but some of them really jumped out at me. And I thought it would be interesting maybe to even just start at the top, this idea of financial awesomeness. So how do we know when we've stepped into this illustrious place, like what does that look like for us? It looks like we are paying attention to our inflows and our outflows. It looks like we're not afraid to confront the reality of our financial situation, no matter what the result is, right? I know a lot of people and myself included, I've been afraid to confront the reality of my finances because I knew I'd have to like, blow up my life in order <laughs> to do the right thing, right? I'd have to find a yeah. better paying job or I'd have to have a hard conversation with my parents or my partner about my debt. So, 
you know, being able to have those confrontations, even though they're really uncomfortable and scary, when you're able to, you know, take a deep breath and coach yourself through it, I think that shows that you're in a state of financial awesomeness. Uh, when other areas of your life are, you know, feeling like they're progressing because your financial life is progressing, I think that's also a good sign. And of course, you're doing very practical things like you're showing up for yourself, you're looking at your accounts, you're keeping a spending plan, you are saving 10, 20, 30% or investing 10, 20, 30% of every dollar that you earn. Um, and you just feel, you know, like you're, you're generally making progress as opposed to backsliding, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think what you're pointing at is, is something that, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. I feel like every time I'm talking about money, I'm always sharing things almost with like an asterisk mark where I'm saying, pick what works for you, pick what feels right for you. So I'm, I'm wondering also if this place of, of financial awesomeness is also something that we get to create ourselves. We get to say, this is the feeling that I have in this place, or this is what I'm doing with my money when I'm in this place. So there's an air of, here are some things, but then you can also create what that looks like for yourself. I couldn't agree more. I think personal finance is very personal. And I know that sounds a little corny, but it's the <laughs> truth. And you know, one of the things that's so fascinating to me is a lot of people like to tell me how <laughs> intersectional I am. And to, <laughs> to me, I'm just me, right? I'm a person who has multiple perspectives because I've had to have multiple perspectives. I've had to look at the world through other lenses because I don't believe that the world was built for me. You know what I mean? I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm a short person in a tall world. I'm a brown person in a white world. I'm a queer person in a straight world. I'm a woman in a man's world. And so I feel like I have to look at other people's perspectives through other lenses. And that has given me the superpower. It's shown me that for one person, amassing, you know, a million dollars, that's going to be financial freedom for them. But the other, for another person, amassing a hundred thousand dollars, that for them is unfathomable and it would drastically change their life because they don't have access to generational wealth. Maybe their parents are immigrants and they just need, they just need space. They just need the ability to if they needed to quit their job, they could. If their parent got sick, they could They could be there for them. And that's one of the things that I hope changes within this industry is that we all realize, sure, there are rules of thumb that we ought to all follow, like, you know, saving 20% of everything. But in the grand scheme of things, this is very personal stuff and everybody has to approach it based on their own circumstances and, like you said, their own emotions and their own feelings. And there's a lot of freedom in that, right? We talk in the money world always about wanting to create financial freedom. But what you're saying to me, which I think is such an important message, is there is freedom in taking these suggestions, money tips, strategies, whatever it might be, and, and cultivating the recipe that's going to work for your life. Absolutely. That's where the power comes in, right? Because when you step into that, knowingness of, hey, there's multiple ways to win here. That's when you can start to craft what works for you. And you don't feel like you just have to follow what some other dude did 50 years ago. You can <laughs> carve out your own way of making money and of existing in the world. Okay, friend, I want to know, 
what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle, full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them. But vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim, and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations 
all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future, too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Uh, Another one of the the stops on your your pyramid of financial awesomeness is simply make better decisions. And I think this feels almost like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, of course I'm going to do that. But I know, and you know as well, that this is definitely a place that we that we really overlook. So walk us a little bit through what's the difference between better, better decisions and maybe not better decisions. Like what does that look like for us? Certainly. I kind of touched on it earlier when I mentioned how we can, you know, address our emotional state and our nervous system before we make a decision. And for me, that's the first step. So when I'm looking at decision making and how to make better decisions, it's kind of through, it's a two-step process. The first step is to, you know, make sure that you're in a good state, especially if you're making a big financial decision, like, should I borrow you know, $250,000 to go to law school. And the second part of that uh, way to make a better decision is to come up with a process or a system for decision making, especially when it comes to these big decisions. So the first part, you know, making sure that you're in a good state, it's kind of like, let me give you an analogy. Yes. If you ever go to the grocery store when you're hungry, you're going to just you're going to make bad choices, right? <laughs> you're going to buy in bulk, you're going to buy stuff that you think you're going to cook or, you know, it's not going to end well. And it's the same thing with financial decisions. So there is a psychiatrist and his name is escaping me now, but it's definitely in the book and he created or he came up with this way of understanding where you're at within your uh it's called your window of tolerance mm. and your window of tolerance is a place where you are in a good state and you could make decisions and you could deal with life's ups and downs in a healthy way when you're outside of the window you're either hypo uh, you're in a state of hypo arousal or hyper arousal. And there are two sides of the spectrum. One side is like you're frozen, right? When it comes yeah. to making decisions, you you kind of freeze up. And the other side is you're anxious and your mind is going a, a million miles a minute and you just can't, you can't make a decision. And the window of tolerance is when, you know, 
something crappy happens and you're, you can regulate yourself and, and make a good decision. So depending on where you fall outside of the window before you, you know, you need to make a big financial decision. Maybe you, maybe you're going to call the credit card company and try to negotiate a lower interest rate, or you're going to talk to your boss about, you know, what you need to do to get a pay raise over the next six months. You want to make sure you're in a good state. So for some people, that's taking five deep breaths. For other people like me, it's putting on Lizzo as loud as possible and dancing yes. around. <laughs> it's using essential oils. It's you, you have to know yourself, right? So you got to get in this state where you feel calm and you feel like, okay, I can deal with the reality of whatever this spreadsheet is going to say at me. And then the second way is to come up with a process. And the process that I encourage people to use is called second order thinking. And it's like a pros and cons list, but it's better or it's got more nuance. So when you're making a financial decision, you know, historically people would be like, just make a pro, a pro and con list. Okay, cool. We can see the benefits and we can see the drawbacks. But when you think, when you think about the consequences of your decisions, that's just going to allow you to explore more like what's actually possible and then how would I deal with that? So mm. the example that I always like to use is I really did think I was going to go to law school and, you know, for a year I <laughs> prepared. And then finally one day after working in the financial planning firm, I was like, I need to do financial plan myself basically. So I sat down and I built a spreadsheet and I, you know, I did a little bit of research about how much money I would need to borrow and what the interest rate would be and how much I'd need to pay back. And the model that I built, it showed that I would have to pay like a thousand dollars a month. So when I think about the first order consequences of the decision, right, let me back up. Yeah. The decision I'm trying to make is, should I go to law school? When I think about the first order consequences, I have to borrow money. That's the first order consequence. The second order consequence is I'm going to have to pay back that money, right? So that's $1,000 going out. The even greater, the third order consequences, I think where, you know, a lot of people don't go here what is paying back $1,000 a month going to do to the quality of your life? And for me, the answer was, I'm going to feel trapped in law. It's probably not going to be great on my relationship. Um, I am either going to continue to be a lawyer or I'm going to be stuck, you know, not making a lot of money because I want to work in public service. And all, you know, that led me to confront the reality that I probably shouldn't, you know, take out six figures to be a good Samaritan in the world. I could probably find a different way to give back to my community. That's not going to put me in debt or penalize me. And um, I've been rambling here, but that is how I think we can improve our financial decision making. I like that a lot. It gives it gives some sort of order and structure to to making decisions. And I, I love it. It helps you kind of walk out that decision a little bit further. I know Many, 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 many years ago, uh, one of my mentors in in the money world sat down with me. And this isn't a a earth-shattering concept. This has been shared by many, many people. But there was something about the way that this person said it to me. It really resonated that when we can attach a feeling, how we feel about something, how something will change for us, like something, you know, guttural and 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 lights us up to something we're we're thinking about doing or we're doing with our money suddenly you know making that that sort of perfect combination of the feeling and the thing we're doing or the thing we want to do changes something in, internally in our heads and that in itself can create change so i'm sure you've seen this before as well where somebody has a goal or something that they want to do with their money and they just 
keep getting stuck over and over and over again. And it's, you know, regardless of how much money they're making, it's just kind of mind boggling to them. And so what I think is so powerful about what you share is those sorts of components, like putting that human emotion component in and then seeing like, does that really create the magic for you? I don't know. What do you, what do you think about it? I kind of rambled on there myself, but what do you think about that? I'm, I've always been weirded out by the fact that economics and finance, like the first investment class I took, the very first thing that the teacher said, or one of the very first things he said was like, this is all built on these, like modern portfolio theory is all built on the assumption that, uh, Everybody's a rational investor. And then I took one of my first economics classes. And I remember my economics teacher being like, um, humans are going to act rationally with perfect information. They're always going to act within their best interest. And I remember sitting in class and looking around at everybody and just being like, you guys are just going to accept this? Like, this is <laughs> crazy. You guys are totally like out of your mind if you're just gonna sit here i'm like i'm gonna accept it because i'm gonna pass the class but you bet your ass i'm sitting here and being like this is the wildest thing in the world that it is built on these assumptions because we don't we are not rational we make decisions based on emotion and we rationalize later like the person like having children that's not a very rational choice that's an emotional decision yes who who you marry that's a huge decision and of course, you maybe step back and say things like, you know, I'm not going to marry somebody who's not going to be a right fit. And you try to be as rational as possible. But at the end of the day, you're also the great majority of us are marrying for love. And so I just refuse to accept this, you know, this narrative in the world of finance that we're all rational people. We're not. The market I've, I've seen so many people and I've I, you know, I've been in a financial planning firm hearing people on the phone with their clients trying to get them not to panic sell. And so it's just, I know that we're not rational and we have to do everything in our power to, to really first address our emotions, honor them, realize they're not going away. And then once we give it that breath, that moment, then, then, and only then can we start to use our rational brain. And you have such a really interesting visual way of talking about money, whether it's on social media, in your books, everything that you do. I find it really appealing and just approachable. Approachable is, is always the word I use for the show is I want people to feel like there's a safe space and there's something about the way you break down money concepts in this way that that I feel does the same thing. I wonder if you could take us just a little bit further in into your brain. Like where did this ability or even love come from for you to to translate money in this way for us? I've always spoke in analogies. And I think it's this deep, deep, deep desire to be truly understood. Like, I really want you to pick up what I'm throwing down. And the way that I can do that is to say the same thing in a bunch of different ways. And I've always been like that. And I always thought it was so weird. You know, like, I wondered why I had this natural ability to do to do something like that. And now I know it's because I can take an abstract concept like, you know, principal only payments or how does compounding work or the power of inflation. Those are all or even money in general value. That's an abstract concept. And I can make it concrete through not just words, but through illustrations. And that's really what drove that. It's just this overwhelming desire to really be understood, to really drive these things home because the creative community 
you know, that's my community. And to have watched for years and years and years, to have watched them replay this old narrative in their mind that this world isn't for them, or the one that breaks my heart is they say, like, they're not smart enough or, you know, yeah. they're they're not good at math or something ridiculous like that. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft 
doxing and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. I wanted to show them that it has nothing to do with any of that. It has everything to do with how it's been taught. It's just taught so weirdly. And, you know, the honestly, the branding is terrible. Like a lot of finance stuff, as you know, is like an old white guy with a sailboat and a watch. Like that's <laughs> what, what the website looks like. And yeah, well, I just want people to feel like this world is for them. And I wanted to do it in the most authentic way possible. And the thing that I've learned working for myself is the more I just lean in and the more I'm just like weird Paco, the more the world responds, the more they're like, okay, that helps me keep being weird, you know? Yeah. I'm, my weirdness is meeting your weirdness and, and welcoming your weirdness. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you're showing up here and fully accepting weirdness because I always tell people that... Uh, that's probably my my greatest um, attribute, and they look at me a little weird. Like, why would you claim weirdness as 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 something uh, great? But I think it does. It allows you this ability to look at the world, uh, humans, subject like money from a from a different perspective. Tell me a little bit about uh, like what do you think it's it's going to take to change this old paradigm around money? What do you think it's it's going to take to have money be more of an inclusive place, subject, whatever that might be. I think we're watching that happen in real time. I think the fact that a person like me got a book published by, you know, the number one publisher in North America, I think that's change. I think, I mean, there's kids on TikTok who are, there's this one girl who's like 17 years old and she has an online business and she's telling people that she made six figures last year and her net worth is five figures and she's 16, 17 years old. She's a woman wow. of color. That right there is showing how the world is changing. And I think there's a quote about bankruptcy or about, I think it's about bankruptcy where it happens very slowly and then it happens all at once. And uh, sorry that I cannot attribute it to whoever it is, but I think that's probably what it's going to feel like is we're going to witness all these little changes happening, different voices, even this common idea that personal finance is much more personal and you have to know yourself and take into account your own life, your own circumstances, your own goals. 
that wasn't really that popular even a few years ago. And now I'm talking to folks like you who are, you know, screaming that at the top of their lungs. So I think change is going to feel slow. And then all of a sudden we're going to look around and say, wow, you know, what's up with all these tokens that people are actually, you know, people are actually buying houses with it. Or it's just, you know, it's a, I am positive to a fault. And I do think that the people who need to know this information are starting to get this information. And that's how we're going to start to see change. So somebody listening right now, they, they pick up a copy of your book, Finance for the People. What do you want them to take away or feel as they read it? I want them to feel like they have unlimited potential to change. And I know that's like a really tall order, but I want them to feel their own personal power and I don't want them to be afraid of it. I think a lot of us are afraid of power. I think power gets a bad rap in society and I want people to settle in that. And I want them to understand that if they're idealistic like myself, the reality is that we have to figure out how to get the money. We have to figure out how to be financially secure because when we have money, we can use that to create change, right? Wealth and money are a megaphone for our values and for what we want to see exist in the world. So if you want to create an organization that invests in community instead of extracts from it, you're going to need means in order to do that, in order to create that. And so I hope people realize that they have a responsibility to get right with themselves when it comes to their finances, because that's going to allow them to create change. And that's such a great point that you make because we tend to look at, and maybe I'm generalizing here a bit, I'd love your your thoughts on this, but we tend to look at power and wealth through that lens of it's it's yucky, it's icky, it's um, there's no heart in that. And uh, so changing that narrative, changing our thinking around that and switching it to, well, when we have a certain platform or we have a certain... Um, amount of money or wealth or whatever that might mean for for each of us individually, we can then use that to advance the world in the way that we want to. Absolutely. Look what's going on with workers right now. Now is the time, the moment that they can organize. Corporations and companies are starting to realize that workers are starting to realize that they do have power. And so, yeah, I think that's the message at the end of the day. I want people to really recognize and understand their power and to not be afraid of it. All right. I'm going to ask you probably the most impossible question, but if you had to, if you had to boil down the best, I don't know, two to three pieces of money advice or wisdom that you think we need to like metaphorically tattoo on our minds, what would those be? What do you want to leave us with? That is really hard to do. (laughs) Let's see. I would say from a practical perspective, definitely get into the habit of investing a portion of every single dollar you earn. For every dollar you earn, if you invested 30 cents for 40 years, you're probably going to be in really great shape. That would be my first piece of advice that we need to tattoo on our heads. Um, Gosh, and the second one would be to know yourself. I think the point of life is to allow ourselves to become the people that we're meant to be. And if you spent the time and the energy and you, and you gave yourself the respect to do that, uh, it's just going to be, it's going to, 
it's going to be great in terms of not just your finances, but you know, you'll, you'll find the work that you're meant to do and you'll put it out in the world and you'll find the people you're meant to be around and your life will be enriching and wealthy in ways beyond the dollars and cents. Well, I can't thank you enough for letting us all get to know you a little bit better. Uh, Tell us about where we can find you, where we can pick up a copy of your new book, Finance for the People. I'm at thehellyeyegroup.com. And every Wednesday, I put out a weekly newsletter called The Nerd Letter. And so uh, you can follow along and I can just pepper your inbox that way. And you can find Finance for the People wherever you buy books. I'm not sure if you felt it in this conversation, but Paco felt like a long lost soul sister of mine. Never met her in person, but I feel like we could just sit and hang for hours talking about life and money. And I think what I loved so much is that I'm on a mission this year myself to embrace more of my personal power. And I want to invite you in to do the same. I think Paco's message about personal power creating options is really just the reason why I talk about money on the show the way I do. It isn't just about all of the how-tos, but This place of financial awesomeness is about everything tied together, like a well-oiled machine. To reach financial awesomeness, you're dialed into the emotional, mental, and practical sides of money, all for the purpose of creating your own financial freedom. That to me sounds like a pretty awesome place. If you enjoyed this episode, do me the best favor ever and share it with a friend and family member who is also on their journey to financial awesomeness. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as our sponsors who make this show possible. (laughs) 